0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage, heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions expressed can sometimes be accompanied by hand gestures, which your sister may find offensive, but you think are hilarious. There's one in every family. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Allen? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, okay Mr. Hyper. let go. Yee-oh.
1: Oh, I had a burp there. <laughs> what did you do? Did a little boy just <laughs> burp you over their shoulder or what? Exactly.
2: I had a little, uh, uh,
1: I hit a pothole. It was a frozen air bubble.
0: <laughs>
2: and, Good very well.
1: <laughs> Anything would freeze today. Good morning, and uh, you know, whatever since we've been coming back from New Year's, every Saturday it's been this cold. Really, it's like it, a record. Oh yeah, like I'm always supposed to be minus twenty nine out there. You know, once yes. it gets below minus fifteen, like who cares? It's like cold out there. Welcome to Dave's Corner Garage, uh, Steve scheiman along with Alan Gelman, as Dave is. uh Ah, uh, still recuperating from uh, COVID. He uh, he got it pretty bad. So we want to thank everybody who's been writing in to see how the old geezer's doing, and uh, geezer's doing okay. How about you? How you been coping with this uh, cold weather in the gr- in the garage that you work at every day?
3: Sorry, you put me under that blanket of geezer, and I'm <laughs> I, I don't consider myself a geezer. Okay, uh, anti-geezer. It's been, <laughs> it, it's been cold. It really yeah. has been. Um. Yeah. In fact, yesterday was horrible because we had a car. Normally, you know, if if cars get towed in for no starts, uh, you know, we just take a battery outside and keep our fingers crossed and and do get them started. So we'll warm them up before we bring them in the shop to work on. But we had yesterday uh, a Lexus that needed a starter, and there's no way that baby wanted to start. It had been out overnight. We had to tow it in. Um, we have to wait 15 minutes just to get the hood open because the hood cable stretched, you know? Really? Oh, terrible. So
1: oh. Uh, I, was, yeah. I was at a, um, an Esso gas station yesterday mm-hmm. getting, getting gas and going, oh, buck one nine, Nice. Anyway, this, uh, this guy, what guy was filling up, uh, putting air in his tire. we am going to talk to Darren Boston, some Triangle Tire later on this hour. Yep. And uh, he didn't have his gloves on. So
0: he, he grabs
1: yeah. he grabs the the hose, puts it on the uh, the nozzle right, mm. and honest to God, he could not get his hand off the the metal part of the of the uh, attachment. And he oh really? Like he yeah. stuck his
3: he stuck his tongue on the bridge or something? No,
1: almost like that movie. But you know what? He, <laughs> yeah. To make it even even nuttier, mm-hmm. he takes a he takes a bottle of water and pours it over his hand to release it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's intelligent. Well, we've got some intelligence here, despite what we are talking about this morning. Uh, a great show. There's been a lot of talk about winter tires, snow tires, uh, you know, all seasons. What's the best? And we've had, a, you know, a ton of snow in the last uh, week and a half. So uh, Darren Boston's from Triangle Tires has been with us for years. He's going to give us some uh, great tire advice. Mm-hmm. And Now you can talk to him about, you know, wheel alignment stuff. And, uh, yeah. Tire pressure, what's going on with that? Uh, and we all know that the EV market is like going through the roof and people are saying, well, wow, there's not enough plug stations going on. There's a huge, strong infrastructure. And uh, Eric Novak will be joining us to talk about that. And one area we sort of, I guess we try to ignore is that we're getting a little over there <laughs> as, uh, as we get north of 60. And you've got somebody that you know, uh, Deb Melamed, which is What's Deb going to be talking about?
3: She's going to be talking about – I mean, she uh, she does work at an assessment center that's l- licensed by the Ministry of Transportation. Right. You know, when, when people do get over 80 and they go for a test, they have to be evaluated, and that's what Debbie does. So uh, Yeah.
1: She's yeah. got some great stuff to talk about. It's not just so much, just as you mentioned, Ali, over 80. It's like when you get over 60, as we both are, and most people who listen are over 60 to this show, uh, which is great because we're not old. Damn it. We're not old. Is that, uh, you know, your eyesight's not going, is going south, and um, you, you, your, your response time is like, it ain't as good as it used to be. So she's going to get into some really interesting areas with that uh, as we get through, and we will open up the phone lines uh, shortly. So don't do it yet, because we're trying to get some things going on down at the station, and uh, we'll be back with that.
3: So we've got some uh, Q&As to get to, questions and answers. And I'm going to try to help you with your gas problem after the break.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Just uh, (laughs) I think we'll have to discuss that off the air. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage, with and without gas, and we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We are celebrating 21 years on the air. I want to thank everybody for uh, making that possible. Without you, it it ain't going to happen. So we've had a number of uh, questions coming in in the last uh, week and a half. This one is about gasoline prices, which are at the highest, I think in the last, since like two, three years. So uh, Al, people want to know tips to reduce fuel consumption.
3: Exactly. I remember growing up, my dad would uh, talk about this, you know, because he had an old 65 Pontiac that used to burn a fair amount of gas and, (laughs) since we had no money to put any in he'd say listen you got to plan your route okay i don't want everybody going downtown one at a time you can all get in the cart together and and work it out that way so you know don't do any excessive driving all right from the top you got to maintain proper tire inflation uh especially now it's winter time uh people have switched their tires you want to make sure that they weren't leaking Um, in fact a lot of people's winter rims do not have tire pressure sensors in them so that that light you've been looking at flashing all winter uh you've learned to ignore well you can't you got to go check it do a walk around see if anything looks funny and uh make sure you have gloves on when you go to the air pump hey yeah, steve good idea <laughs> and if you're if your hand does get stuck to that brass thing don't use a bottle of water to release it all right next thing uh if you haven't done a whole lot of maintenance on your car or if you haven't taken it in for maintenance, important to get your air filters checked, okay? Both your air filter for the engine, which will help you save gas, and of course the air filter that collects the pollen and the dirt. Um especially cuz it's cold cold that you do want your heater to work optimally. Uh other thing, reduce the weight in the vehicle. So in other words, uh, open up that trunk and the stuff you don't need get rid of because for every hundred pounds of weight in the vehicle the car's fuel economy decreases by about one or two percent so it does make a difference uh again you know if you got that that outboard engine that you brought back from the cottage in your trunk still get it out you don't really need to be driving around with it and uh so that's one of the things steve
1: well i was just going to say about the uh you know if your engine's running properly you were talking about filters inside the car yeah all right like, how often do people ask to get that in? Because I remember a couple of years ago, you guys were cleaning out our air filters and took out the one inside the cabin. And I <laughs> yes. It was like there was a village in there.
3: Exactly. We had one this week where it looked like a rodent. I, I, he didn't oh. leave a calling card, so I don't know if it was a mouse or a rat or a squirrel or whatever, but he was building a nest. <laughs> and, but, how, okay,
1: but, but really, how much does... Like the, you would think the interior filter wouldn't impact on gas consumption, but how does it?
3: It doesn't. Okay, next question. <laughs> it doesn't. No, I'm just, I'm just relating back to the fact that it's minus fifty thousand freaking degrees outside today, and you do want your heater to work. Okay, so again, if that filter is plugged, you're going to be freezing in the car. But you talked about making sure the engine is running right. You know. I, we talked about how people ignore their tire pressure light in the in the wintertime. Well, of course, because they don't have sensors. But how many people drive around with the engine light on? Uh, that little amber light that says, check engine, check engine soon. Um, you need to get that checked out because as much as you don't want to spend money, and I know a lot of people think check engine means the money light, um, it, and, it, and it may cost some money, but it's going to save you money in the end. Because if you need, for example, if you have a bad temperature sensor or if you have a lazy oxygen sensor, your car is going to consume way more gas than an auto and, um, uh, and, and pollute the environment at the same time. So, uh, there you go. And, and I want to relate something back to because of the, the COVID situation we've been going through the last. Two years now, I think it's almost an anniversary. Yeah. Uh, because people haven't been driving their cars a whole lot, the brakes on your car get really, really rusty. The brake pads stop moving properly in the sliders. The brake rotor surfaces become all rusty and pitted. Um, and so what happens is, is when you start to drive your car and you apply the brakes, the brakes come on, but the problem is they don't release. And when they don't release... You know you're, you're 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 it's counterproductive I mean it's like you want the car to go but it thinks that the brakes are on so at the same time you're going to be burning tons of gas so that's why you need to get the brakes serviced you may to get them need to get them replaced actually because of all the rust buildup but uh, again if you're concerned about fuel mileage you have to make sure that the brakes Work when they want to, but come off when you need that to happen.
1: Sure, that's a big thing. That's a big thing, too, because uh, I know my wife's car has not been driven probably for two or three months. We started up. I drive it around a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, it has the same quarter tank of gas in it for the last six or seven months. And I think a lot of people are like that. Um, I know most people are trying to get back to work. Still, a lot of people are in hybrid offices. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, now we're downtown. And I can see the, uh, the gardener right now. And there's a fair amount of traffic going on. So, you know, if you're going to go get gas today, which would be a good idea despite the cold,
3: keep it, what, at least a half a tank, right? Exactly. Because, yeah. uh, you know, the, the crud builds up in the bottom of the tank. So you don't want to have your fuel pump sucking up water or rust or something. You want the car to run optimally
1: Maybe we should have a (gasps) mini-convoy, did I
3: mention that word, about uh,
1: getting gas, uh, about getting uh, air in your tires for free. That'd be kind of
3: nice. Well, that that convoy I would join in, but not the one that's going on and on. That's stupid. All right, after the break, we've got Eric Novak. He's uh, the green goddess, as a matter of fact. I love that dress, by the way. Uh, (laughs) We're going to talk about electric vehicles and why perhaps you should go out and get one. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. I'll you right now.
1: This is Dave's Corner Garage on another crisp Saturday morning here in the Big Smoke. And it, the EV uh, market is just Hello. continues to take off. And uh, we are going to talk, have Al talk to uh, Eric Novak, who is the EV guy for today on Saturday. Okay, Al. Exactly. AG over to
3: EV. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Hey, Eric has. Thanks, Eric, for joining us. It's the first time on our show. Uh, that means he's a little green around the uh, gills, I guess. Uh, nonetheless, well, it
2: could be Eric, green from uh, Friday night <laughs> Excursion or something like that. But no, we're good. <laughs> that
3: could be as well. Well, Eric is one of the first local automotive journalists who were primarily focused on electric cars. Well, let's call them green cars, you know, whether they be back in the original days, I guess it was uh, they were hybrids. But now we're talking about full on electric. Eric, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Uh, good to be with you. Excellent. Excellent. Um, You know, we talked about drawbacks and, and and I know Patrick Canada made a big deal about it the other day because there are charging stations that go right across the country. But but let me ask you you know the manufacturers have been talking about you know within the next 10 years they're going to be full on electric no more gasoline engines do you find or do you think that everybody is 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 posit- you know is receptive to all this or or are they just dreaming
2: well there's a little bit of a, just a proviso when saying you know by the end of the decade it's it's respect to what they're going to be manufacturing they're going to be mm-hmm. making only evs uh, not every automaker but a lot and so there's still going to be gas engines for some period of time. So it's not like we've got eight years and then everything changes. Right. Uh, but to the greater question, uh, the reality is uh, we're more ready as um, an infrastructure capability technological than most people believe. The The greatest problem that I find is not that we have uh, uh, an infrastructure problem or a capability problem. We have a thinking problem. Uh, there still is a lot of old ideas permeating out there some led by you know colleagues of mine who've been you know out this in this game for a long long time who still may mm-hmm. not see the future um so you know if the mindset is willing to accept what's happening and to be honest once you open up your mind to the possibility and actually maybe try one out the the uh, the resistance changes shall we say
3: i'm not clear on the, the, you know the negative aspects what are these guys saying the bad
2: guys Well, you know what, we have a human, we're we're almost hardwired to sort of see the negative in things when change is the issue. And this is really, is about change. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you've been, listen, uh, the way the automobile has been um, around for so many years, it's been an emotive connection. You know, we've been talked about the freedom of an automobile and, and we've talked about the great sound of a V8 carbureted engine and all these things. So there there's, there's this connection to it that, I mean, EVs are silent. And I argue that's actually a good thing for those who often break curfew and come home late and they're always busted (laughs) because, you know, you hear it in the driveway. Um, There's pros and cons to silent. Um, But yeah, I mean, to to drive an EV, uh, all of the performance aspects are there. In fact, they're even better. Uh, You know, there's no such thing as a torque curve in an EV. You Mm. get everything that it offers to you right off the get-go. I mean, some of these EVs that are performance, um, I I drive vehicles uh, every week. Uh, on Monday I've got the the Ford Mustang Mach-E but the GT version and that's an EV that goes 0 to 103 and a half seconds so I mean that's wow. not that's not slow no and that'll obviously you'd
3: think it would appeal like cuz the real car guys that I've spoken to that do evaluations the first time they get into a, a hot electric car they're usually blown away They're going, oh, my God, it's like crazy mode. This thing is so fast. So they yeah. really do enjoy it. Um, but, you know, why hasn't the government like there was a tax rebate for people who wanted to buy electric, uh, but they've reduced it or taken it off. What's going to happen with that? Do
2: you have an idea? So with respect to uh, incentives across yeah. the country, there is a lot. In fact, uh, we now have five provinces Uh, that offer provincial rebates on the purchase of either full electrics or plug-in hybrids. Mm. Uh, Quebec and British Columbia have been the dominant provinces. In fact, about three-quarters of all EVs sold in the country right now are sold in those two provinces. Number one, because A, they've been around a long time with incentives, but also B, both of those provinces have uh, mandates as to uh, automakers having to sell a certain percentage of all of their sales with um, electrification. So, I mean, we have that. But we also now in the past year have had uh, Newfoundland, New Brunswick, and even I come on board. Um, right. The government of Canada does have a federal rebate for anybody, but that tops 5,000. What's going to happen in Ontario? Well, I mean, that's, I think, largely a political decision. And um, Doug Ford has been resistant. He, he always had this wrong idea that electric vehicles were owned by millionaires and $100,000 right. cars. And he was always pointing to that early Tesla that was the luxury car. Sure. Um, you know three quarters of vehicles nowadays an electric mark 50 grand anyway so it's a, it's a misconception
3: all um, right well we've we've run out of uh we've run out of time very quickly but if someone has
2: 30ks is there something new that they can buy if they have th- well 30k you're looking at getting into uh under 30k you're talking actually some of the cheapest vehicles now you get into uh some of the uh, when you get uh, they usually start in 40. If you're in the province of Quebec, you get 12, 13 grand plus five grand. There's not a 30K new car yet here in Ontario, but they're coming. All right. um, Eric,
3: we got to run. Uh, if people want to find out more information or tips from you, how do they get in touch with you?
2: Well, you can look me up on YouTube. Just look up Eric Novak for my channel or EnviroDad.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find me.
3: All right, man, it's a pleasure having you. And I'm sure we'll have you back down the road sometime. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
1: Not a problem, Dave. Thanks, Eric. Uh, listen, we're going to uh, get into uh, talking about tires and uh, what you should be doing in this kind of cold weather. And uh, because the studios are sort of opening up a little bit more, we're going to open up the telephone lines. So if you have any questions about tires, this is the time to give us a call right now. We'll be back with Darren Boston from Triangle Tire right after this. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Bro. Stay with us. <laughs> Look at that. How smooth are we? It's almost like we planned it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not really. Um, this is uh, Dave's Corner Garage. We want to thank everybody who's been writing in this week about uh, questions for uh, Darren Bossons from Triangle Tire, who's with us. Good morning, Mr. Bossons.
4: Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Alan.
1: How are you guys doing? Freezing. I'm doing
3: great. Doing great. Excellent.
4: Beautiful
3: yeah, day okay. Yet? I'm going to hand it
1: over to uh, Mr. Gilman. Go ahead, Al.
3: You know, I wonder a week ago, Monday, you know, them believers, you know, the ones that go, if you know how to drive, you really don't need winter tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did we get through or when what? get two feet of snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just rock her back and forth. She'll be okay. It, it just it blows me away. I, I guess those people, for the most part, if they have half a brain, they just stay home, eh?
4: That pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, it's probably the best thing to do. But as you know, some people can't right like there's uh, people that work in the essential service industry and they have to be at work so and i remember a few of my colleagues who live in the city said they came home that night they had actually gone into the office uh there was a lot of cars stuck on the roads because as you know the side roads didn't get you know plowed for at least a day or two so people were just leaving their cars where they where they stopped and walked home from there
3: yeah, I saw the, uh, the the lineup of buses on Steeles and Finch, you know, by the hills. It was just crazy. But what a lot of people don't realize is that um, when they park the car in a snowdrift like that, uh, they can get impacted with snow. And, and, and tell our listeners what happens when that goes on. What
4: is as, as far as uh, the rims and everything, like when it all... There you go, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, as, as most people may or may not know, typically you know winter rims are steel rims which basically the whole face is kind of covered with a few little holes um mm-hmm. but now with you know lower you know uh, lower profile tires people want their cars to still look good in the winter people are going with aluminums and and you know they're a little more open faced uh rims so uh when even when my car sits in the driveway and it just snows on the one side you know one side of the car gets a little bit more snow it gets down into the rim and then it gets kind of hardened up you know melt freezes again and then it packs in there and that can actually throw your balance off so you'll you'll notice when you start to drive you'll get a you know a a chudder or like you know you'll feel through the steering wheel or you know in your bottom end from the back end uh it definitely throws the balance out that little bit of snow
3: yeah it's funny i had somebody drop by my shop uh, i guess it was a week ago monday and he had this look on his face where he said (laughs) I, I didn't hit anything, but I got to tell you, when I hit 50 kilometers an hour, 50, not 100, but 50, my whole car shakes shakes so bad, uh, I don't know what happened. And yeah. exactly, that's what it was. It just, yeah. you know, it only takes, don't forget, when you're balancing a tire, you're putting on fractions of an ounce of yes. weight, correct? Yeah. Um, correct. So uh, <laughs> a big chunk of ice or snow is going to make a huge difference. So there you go. Um all right, let's talk about these people who say, you know, in the old days, I used to put on two winter tires and it got me by. Why can't you do that now?
4: Well, typically, well, as you know, in the old days, everything was rear wheel drive. So it was a little bit different now. Everything now is either front wheel drive or all wheel drive for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the day, um, you know, a big part of winter tires is braking. Like, you want to stop in time of not hitting something when you have to suddenly stop. So having mm-hmm. two tires on as opposed to four is going to cause issues with, you know, depending on whether you put them on the front or the back, the front end sliding or the back end sliding out, A, plus having four winters on, you're going to have four points of contact that all have winter tires that will actually, um, you know, stop you a lot faster than, you know, with all seasons. So it's, it's imperative to put on all four, for sure.
3: Yeah, I would guess, too, you know, because cars have all this extra electronics on them, whether it's ABS brakes, or traction control, that when those engineers design those systems, they their assumption, I guess, was that, duh, like, are we not going to have four of the same tires on the car? Absolutely, absolutely. Typically, you don't even really want, in
4: some cases, have different, you know, if you're just running all seasons, four different tread or you know two different tread designs on the car you want to kind of keep everything um you know it's the most it's the only thing touching the road at the end of the day right it's exactly that patch that's only the about beautiful. the
3: size of your hand eh absolutely absolutely all right well now that the lakes are freezing over and we're getting snow up north people are uh maybe putting thinking about snowmobiling should they be concerned about their their trailer
4: uh trailer wise always uh you know unfortunately there's no winter tires for trailers because uh they're just free rolling positions but um definitely uh one thing that everybody wants to do is you know check because as you know the trailer usually sits for half the year um you want to definitely check the pressures make sure the pressure is correct make sure there's no dry rot or you know um the the tires are still somewhat soft and supple um you know enough tread on there also you want to check you know you know the rims. Make sure everything's fine and snug down. I see a lot of guys pulled over at the side of the road with, you know, the trailer on an angle and one tires one wheels missing. So it's very important. <laughs> the wheels it's missing
3: altogether or just the tire?
4: Well, usually it's the whole wheel and like the whole assembly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Um, it's
4: very important because, like like I said, they they don't you know they they sit half the year typically and uh, they usually sit outside. People don't usually put them inside, so they they do take some abuse. But you want to make sure everything's re- functioning and, and properly, um you know, ready to go for for any kind of trip. And again, trip.
3: you know, for the young people listening who assume that their car knows everything, hey. Your car may have tire pressure sensors on, but it only got four. It doesn't have six.
4: No, it doesn't extend into the trailer. That's for sure. So a pressure gauge is always uh, something that you want to have in your vehicle ready to go to check the pressures. Not just visually, Uh, but actually check the pressure.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I have a question. I have a question. Novice here. Go ahead. You you two throw me underneath the bus. There'll be repercussions on this one. Okay. (laughs) So listen. I went to put uh, air in the tire. We've got a 21 Honda Accord, right? Nice car. Yep. I like it. Yep. Very so nice. I phoned Al, and I said, so uh, what, what's the tire pressure I should put in there? He said, look on the side of the door. As I open the door. There's no gauge on there. Like, there's no indication of how much your, your uh, pressure should be in the tire. So if there's nothing there, what should you be, what should you be working towards? Owner's manual.
4: <laughs> Boy, man, that's like a big help. You can tell you've been on
1: with us for a couple of years.
4: Yeah, t- and then it's very it's very unusual to have, uh, you know, not a placard, on, like Alan says, on the inside of the driver's side door. It's very unusual yeah, not nothing. to have that, and it'll always, you know, state what pressure you want the tires at because, as, as we know, the pressure on the sidewall of the tires, the max pressure of that tire can handle. The pressure that's on the placard or in your owner's manual is is based on the weight of the vehicle so you always want to go with that not the max pressure on the sidewall of the tire so if you don't have a black yeah. the pressure uh, indicator then you best thing to do is go into the uh, owner's manual if you have an older car let's say the owner's manual you know not in the car um, uh, the best way is maybe do a search on the internet or yeah. if that doesn't work you can always go to you know a place like you know, Allen's place and get uh, they they'll help you out there as far as that's concerned, or any kind of tire dealer?
3: I think we would laugh first and say, "Come on, like should I help you clean your glasses or what?" <laughs> yeah, well, you would. I mean that's just who you are. but do, do you ever
1: think the technology is going to get to a point where you you're putting air in the tire and the sensors in your car, the new ones, would mm-hmm. automatically shut off if there's too much air going into it? Is that ever well, coming down the road, you think?
3: Oh, you mean stop um, the air that from going into your tire? Yeah, I, if it reaches I, I guess, a certain point. I guess they could, yeah. But, uh, but you know, people are complaining now that they have to pay for air on a good day. And uh, how That's much me. more do you think they're going to charge if, if they have automatic air pressure filler uppers?
4: Yeah, you can have a regulator on your compressor that will stop the pressure at a certain PSI. Um, you know, but... At the end of the day, it's, uh, it, you know, it's best just to uh, you know, put the pressure in, put a pressure gauge, make sure it's, it's correct. Even the pressure that you get from the gas station typically, don't use that pressure gauge because they've been dropped, they've been thrown around, uh, they, they sit outside all the time, so the accuracy of those is typically not very good. So you always want to have a pressure gauge.
3: All right, Darren, uh, let's have the website where people can find out more about Triangle Tires. Triangletire.ca. That was easy,
1: and and how's it easy. spelled, Al? <laughs> uh,
3: that Honestly, was almost I- that was as easy as trying to find out where the air pressure sticker is on your car. <laughs>
1: oh, see, it only took him three minutes for the bus to come over me. That and was it's no yellow. Coming.
3: It's a yellow sticker.
1: It wasn't now- there. <laughs> yeah, I'll will
3: slap you. It wasn't there. Anyways. I'm laughing, Darren, because you know after the break we're going to be having Debbie Malamed. And, and she does assessments on drivers' uh, abilities and whether they should be on the road or not. Uh-oh, I think i get Steve a, a special appointment. We could bump him to the front of the queue. <laughs> I might be able to pick up a uh, Honda Accord
4: pretty cheaply then here shortly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay,
1: Jim, it was always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, <laughs> Anyway, have a good weekend. Stay warm. And uh, you know we'll talk to you in a few weeks down the road. Excellent. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good day. Okay, <laughs> right now you're such a. <laughs> anyway, I won't <laughs> say that because your mother's listening, and I'll get more complaints from her. She now, it's uh, uh, she, of course she does. That's what she's told to say. The um, getting older part of driving is a big question that's going on. We're gonna have Deb on next on Dave's Corner Garage. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. And just a reminder that the numbers are open. The lines are open anyway. 866 740 4740 That's 866 740 4740 Now, we've been talking about the throughout the hour about your gal getting a little bit older, eyes are going, hearings going, everything's going. Uh, so it's going to affect your driving and how you may get to the next level of not being able to get. Your driver's license renewed. We have on the phone right now Deb Melmood, who works once in a while with Drive Lab and is going to run through some of the stuff that we've been talking about the hour. Good morning, Deb. How are you?
5: Hey, I'm good. Good morning. Good.
1: So, listen, yeah. you know, Al and I are all north of 60, as a lot of our listeners are. What do you see that's, that's taking place in the marketplace right now as far as uh, what's going on with people getting older and what's happening with their driving capabilities?
5: Right, right. So first of all, you know, driving is serious and enjoyable business, right? We Most of us north of 60 have been doing it for many years. And three areas I'm just going to go over briefly that that change as we get older is our vision. And we need that for sure to drive. Uh, Our physical ability, you know, operate the steering wheel, gas, brake as well as our memory, cognition, so we have to make good decisions. And so as we get older, all of those areas just, you know, they gradually are not as uh, spry or as, as quick. We're not as quick as, let's say, when we were in our early 30s. So when we think about vision, really, you know, that's the main one. And, you know, as we get older, there are some issues in terms of vision. Typical, um you know, eye issues can be macular degeneration, can be glaucoma, which can, if it's blurry vision, can develop little spots in your eyes or blank spots so you can't see as well. <clears throat> so, those are things to be aware of. And, um, you know, those are things that are going to change. And then, physically, you know, you need to be able to avoid and swerve away from something that happens unpredictably. So all of these things are going to change as we get older.
3: You know, a lot Dep- of the things that we've been... So Go ahead, Al. Go ahead. Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say, I mean, of course, we all realize that at a, at a I-, I knew 10 years ago I'd have to put on reading glasses for the first time. And, and right. physically, you know, you get some aches and pains. But... Um, you know, People are concerned because all of a sudden they turned 80, they're going to have to go for a retest. Maybe you could run through quickly what happens at a retest and what determines whether they're going to be able to drive home or have to call a cab.
5: Sure. So at the uh, retest, so everybody at 80 and I, I, I'm i not sure 100% but I think it's just been um, on hold due to the pandemic and right. the Ministry of Transportation is a bit of a Uh, It's behind hugely in in testing and stuff. But the 80 over is the main three parts is a vision test. Mm -hmm. So you need to pass that. Um, There's a group education seminar, which they usually go over the basic rules of the road, um, ways to manage driving as you get older. And the big one is space management, which we can talk about in a bit and then the uh you have a paper and pencil task which is uh looking at attention divided attention which are you know two really important skills we need when we're driving mm-hmm. um and then if someone's concerned about how you respo- how you've responded how you've completed those tests they might ask you to do a ministry road test that would just be a regular ministry road test But if you're showing difficulties in, you know, processing information, you're not responding quickly enough, they could say your license is medically suspended or you need to go to what's called a functional assessment center, which is where I work at, and we would be assessing you in a much more detailed manner with an in-clinic and on-the-road assessment.
1: Deb, we've had some people that have been writing in uh, throughout the week. So I know my biggest challenge right now is I do not like driving when it gets to be towards dusk, especially in the Um, wintertime. Now, you talked about driver rehabilitation and uh, space management. Um, You know, we're all we get I get to we get to a point where it's like we're in denial. Uh, When should we not so much when you're 80s as much, but when is it really the point where we should consider retiring from driving? Like when when yeah. do you hit that wall
5: yeah great great question and and we always in our business we talk about retirement from driving and you know we all plan to retire from our work but nobody ever thinks that they're going to have to stop driving and and sometimes what happens is family members are concerned um, you may go to your gp and the gp asks you a question and it takes you a little longer to answer your memory's kind of not as great So the doctor may say, you know, we need to kind of look at your driving, what's going on. It it is really like the denial part is huge. You know, nobody thinks that they're not doing a good job out there. So, you know, what I just want to focus on just for a second is the space management. And any of us over 60, like I was talking about, our reaction time is not as great. So one of the things that we can be doing right now is thinking about space when we're driving because the more space we leave the more options you have right so if you leave you know two or you know two or three car lengths behind while you're driving and the guy in front of you all of a sudden puts on his brakes you've got more time now to respond to that if you're closer to them the chances are you may end up hitting them. So one of the things that you really want to focus on is something we call a space cushion. So you don't, your goal is to never have a car close to you. You don't want to be driving beside a car or a little bit behind because you may be in their blind spot. So space is your golden ticket to give yourself some time, see what's going on, and then make a decision about that. And as we get older, that space becomes more important because we have that extra time to make the decision.
0: Hmm.
1: It's true to me, but if you've driven in downtown Toronto or anywhere in the GTA, it's not so much the space management that I, I agree with you on, it's uh, the people behind yeah. you have no idea right. what space management is, like they're right there, um, but uh, yeah. it's interesting because it's, it's going to affect everybody sooner or later that, you know, your eyes go, my son has a is a running joke that dad you're swerving from lane to lane i went no i'm i'm in the lanes it's just we're back and forth a little bit it's a it's a nice cushion if people want to find out more about uh what you're up to uh who you're with there deb you want to give them a shout with uh, with their website
5: sure so i i I work with a company called drive lab you can just stick it in your search box and um, we specifically work with people who have medical conditions but you know there's lots of information if you google that terrible word seniors and driving there's lots of tips about how you can change your poor driving habits and and just save yourself that increased risk of an accident so there's lots you can do
3: there you go. If you're prepared beforehand, maybe you have a better chance of passing that test. There you go. Debbie, That's thank you true. very much for joining us. Hey, enjoyed
5: it. Thanks a lot. Important topic.
3: Absolutely. Steve always thought about being over 80 was the alcohol content. Didn't you, Steve? <laughs> I, I don't know. He's such a every Actually, time. Just not alcohol. Let Let's yet. talk
5: about cell phones no. on another yeah. <laughs>
1: just yeah, uh, trying to ignore him. I, I do it if I can. <laughs> All right, listen. We're going to uh, get back to some more uh, questions from uh, you, the listener, right after this. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back to uh, Dave's Corner Garage. And uh, little known fact: somebody just wrote in on Facebook. Is he's getting ready to go and get some uh, gas at the station? Petro Canada. Al. Yeah. Petro. Do you know what Petro stands for? A petrochemical? No. Pierre Elliott Trudeau, refinery oil. I never knew that. Yep. There you go. So uh, maybe you pass that and go get an Esso station. (gasps) Did I say that? No. Okay. So we're going to go to uh, the third question that came in uh, via Facebook.
3: And you've got it, Al. Go for it. I do. I do. All right. Foggy (laughs) windows. Uh, Having a problem clearing the inside of my windows. I guess he's got a good snow brush on the outside of the colder snow. I really like to know. You know, I put my defroster on, but it seems to take an awful long time for them to clear. The front one isn't too bad, but the side ones seem to take forever. And, you know, the, the really irritating thing is that overnight they seem to get fogged up all over again. Do you have any idea why? Thanks. Snowed in. All right. Mr. Snowed in. A Number of issues here, as you may or may not know, the source of the heat in your car is the hot coolant that comes from your car's engine. The first things you have to do is find out whether your engine is running at temperature or not. If you're lucky and it's got a temperature gauge, that's the one that has a little green and a red spot on it. Uh, Find out where or may have a C and an H. So what you're hopefully looking for is that that needle will be running right in the middle because what does happen is if the thermostat breaks or stops working or sticks open, you're going to find that the needle, if it comes off the cold mark, it's going to be basically hovering around the sea all along. And if it does come up, the minute you start to drive, it's gonna start to go back down again. Because that temperature needs to be regulated. Number one, it's best for the engine so that it consumes less gasoline. But at the same time, that's what you need to to work properly for the engine to produce heat, to give you heat. All right. And uh lastly the humidity in the car, a couple of things. I mean of course we had a lot of snow last week and a lot of people fail to kick off the snow from their boots. If you've done that, then what to do is grab the floor mats and just take them out of the car and give them a good shake so that the the water and the excess snow gets off them. Uh, that way you've got less moisture in the car and it's a much better chance that your windows aren't going to get foggy. Steve?
1: Very good. Uh, this came in uh, as well during the week. The top 10, this was interesting, I didn't, I didn't get any of these. The top 10 most expensive cities in Ontario for car insurance. Top 10. So no drum roll and no Dave Letterman here. Mm-hmm. Number one, number one most expensive city in Ontario. Vaughn. Number two y- H- I, I don't get involved with that part of it. <laughs> no, don't go there. Number Ajax? two was, was Ajax. Number three, Richmond Hill. Number four was Brampton. Mm-hmm. Number five was Mississauga. Six was Pickering. Seven was Toronto. I thought we'd be right up there. not proud of that. Oshawa, or the Schwa, 1833, and Whitby was 1792. Cheapest cities in Ontario. You got that list, though.
3: I do. Cheapest if, city. Uh, well, the, one of the cheapest ones was Kendall, but I don't even know where that is. But uh, You Port hang Hope, a left
1: off 115.
3: <laughs> Thank you. But Port Hope is uh, only $1,175 uh, Brockville is about the same. Um, and Cornwall is uh, about the same as well. But, uh, I did call in on, uh, one of our experts that we have on our show, who's in the insurance business who said, well, hang on, hang on. I'm not that much of an expert, but, uh, what he said was basically that the more that the insurance companies have to pay out for damages due to collision or vehicles being stolen altogether will drive up the rates. So obviously if you live near me up here in, uh, thornhill richmond hill area where we we're always hearing about people's rx 350s getting stolen off their driveways that's why the rates go up same thing in vaughn there's a lot of people in nice cars easy hey. easy easy i'm just saying just nice. be careful they it's know where nice you live na- nice neighborhood
1: <laughs> <laughs> but 2179 that's that's pretty rich i would have thought to would have been at at two i mean we pay more than, we pay around two grand for why you know i phone them up and say uh Okay, you're putting me up eleven percent. Why? And you know, you get a voice voicemail and saying, "Hit one, and we'll call you back when it, we have time." So that's why it's you know we we talk about CAA so often, and there's a reason for that. It's mainly because when you speak to them about even things like my pace with CAA, you're you're getting one-on-one conversation, which which is great. So uh, you know, it's been interesting what's going on. I really hope this weather breaks soon. It looks like by middle of the week. We could be into uh, like a balmy minus two. So that's great. So, Al, you want to wrap up who we had on?
3: I was thinking about going bathing suit shopping actually this afternoon. Now that you mentioned it's going to be plus five. You've
1: been been (laughs) eating too much Kawartha dairy ice cream to do that, buddy.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. I want to thank Darren Boston from Triangle Tire. Got great tire advice. Great tire. Great tires, great tire prices. You know, they, they fit in there. They're not first tier, but uh, they're going to save you a lot of tears because they're saving you a whole lot of money. I want to thank Eric Novak, who was uh, green as far as first time on the show, but he is Mr. EnviroDad. He knows all about green cars, whether they be hybrids or full-on electric. Check out his website. And, of course, if you're going to be turning 80 soon, you maybe want to go to Drive Lab and find out how you're going to be tested by the ministry. They are licensed by the Ministry of Ontario. And uh, and, and, Deb, and, and Deb had some great pointers, eh? Didn't she? Go
1: shopping. Go get yourself Kawartha dairy. Do your laundry. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and keep the heat on in the house. Just a minute with Dave Renninger from Dave's Corner Garage. Today, we're talking with Darren Boston from Dynamic Tire. Darren operates a massive warehouse in the northern part of the city, and they brought in a new brand called Triangle
0: Tires. Triangle's statement is Tires for Life. Darren, can you explain?
4: Absolutely, Dave. Tires for Life kind of refers to the fact that we live our lives every day. We get into our cars, we drive to work, we travel, we run errands. Many of us drive to work and get into our trucks or a piece of a machine we're operating and then a lot of us get home and we hook up to our trailer and go snowmobiling or camping. Triangle Tires has tires for all aspects of one's like.
5: So basically
1: tires
0: from construction equipment to trailers.
4: And everything in between, yes.
0: How do we get more information?
4: Please go to triangletire.ca. You've been listening
1: to Just a Minute. To hear more, go to our website, davescornergarage.com.